the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. I hope you had a good weekend. It is very difficult to describe the line we have crossed in this country and its history with the indictment of an ex-president on completely trivial matters over which almost anybody who has been in business could be indicted. If you, for example, if you took a meal as a business expense and couldn't prove that was really a business meal, uh, you, you could be charged with tax fraud. How seriously you could be charged with it, I don't know. I'm not a, a tax attorney, but you could be. Uh, it is in on the level of that the man paid a woman to keep quiet. Do you remember the Clinton era when every Democrat and all of the uh, Democratic Party media, New York Times, etc., well, their rhetoric was it's o- it's only about sex. Remember that? That's and by the way, I I happen to have had some sympathy for that argument. I did not call for Clinton's impeachment. I thought he should resign. And it was not over the sex. It was over the lying under oath. And that is a considerably more serious offense than paying a woman to keep quiet and who decided that she had not received enough. In my mind, she is the villain in that particular matter. Nobody wants to say that because they wish to villainize Donald Trump so much so that USA Today, which is a rag sheet on the level of Pravda, Trump using anti-Semitic rhetoric to raise money after indictment. Oh, really? So what's an example of that? Trump attacked Manhattan prosecutor Alvin Bragg. Is he Jewish? No. Okay, just checking whose office was responsible for bringing the case to the grand jury as being funded by George Soros, a major donor to Democratic causes and a popular target of anti-Semitism on the far right. That's it? I see. Well, let me say as a Jew who has done more to fight anti-Semitism than almost any living Jew, who smuggled uh, in to the Soviet Union uh, in my 20s, smuggled in Jewish items for Jews, smuggled out names of Jews to leave, uh, to wanted to leave to Israel, or just leave, period, and, and could do so through Israel, uh, who was on the Holocaust Memorial Board, who has written uh, a book uh, that on anti-Semitism 
that has gone in three editions and is still widely read, and who has brought more goodwill to Jews than the entire Anti-Defamation League, which has probably brought more ill will to Jews than goodwill. So let me say with those criteria that this is a damn liar, the, the, this Aaron Mansfield, this piece of crap who wrote this goddamn lie. Excuse me. I have no problem with that word. Some of you do. Uh, I hope God does damn this lie. When you charge anti-Semitism when it doesn't exist, what you do is foment anti-Semitism and cheapen the word, which is what USA Today does and the entire left does. The left is an enemy of the Jews as it is an enemy of mankind, but most Jews don't know it. So, yes, that is the state of our uh, of the antipathy toward toward Donald Trump, that you can lie 100%. You could just lie. You make up things. He is a George Soros-funded DA. That is enough to condemn him, because George Soros is as close to diabolic as it gets on this planet. Not because he's a Jew. He doesn't even identify as a Jew. Isn't on the left all that matters what you identify as? All of a sudden... You are what you're born. You're not the sex you're born, but you're the ethnicity you're born. Isn't that cool? (laughs) The left. They say what they want to say for the ends they wish to achieve. Because truth is not a left-wing value. Soros has as much to do with Judaism, Jews, or Israel uh, as uh, as a rural Mongolian with the exception that the rural Mongolian doesn't do damage to the world like George Soros does. So yes, it is a remarkable article in the in the USA Today, front page today. And a lot of the readers, to the extent that the USA Today has readers, will believe this lie. The writer probably believes the lie. The left presents an interesting moral problem. If you believe your lies... Are you lying? I don't know the answer to that. Do you have to know that what you say is a lie in order for it to be a lie? Do you have an answer to that question? It's very hard. It's a very hard question. The damage is actually greater if you believe your lie. Then there's no hope for you. and That's why there's no hope for the left. There's hope for some liberals, but but not much. The The issue is the independent and the conservative to make them aware of the mortal threat to goodness that the left presents. The whopping outrage in Trump's indictment by former U.S. prosecutor Andrew McCarthy there is, in, there is his invocation of trivial, that is brag, trivial business records misdemeanors against a partisan foe at the same time he is refusing to enforce felony offenses against hardened criminals who prey on New Yorkers. Alvin Bragg is as bad a human being to occupy that office as exists, as probably ever existed The man is responsible, 100% responsible for some of the murders and rapes in New York City because of his completely lenient view of violent crime. 
here is the here is the key the key key question if you believe that the indictment is 100% legal honesty then you are deluding yourself in a way that renders renders you sort of hopeless When a man lets rapists and, and people who beat people and who repeatedly rob stores and cars and carjack and even kill, when he lets them out, and I will give you a list of some of the examples of Alvin Bragg letting these people out, but then you prosecute on, on the flimsiest of charges, the f- the former president of the United States of America, an unprecedented act in American history. And then the New York Times, this is, this is as important as anything. The New York Times supports this. The New York Times says this is legal, not political. So does the Washington Post and CNN and ABC and NBC and NPR and PBS and CBS and what else? LGBTQIA and uh, RTDDBDD and SM22226. They all say it. If it's got an acronym, the odds are it says it. <laughs> yeah, this is not political. But the question is an interesting question. An important question. Well, I don't know if it's... Well, it is important. Is this being done in order to make sure that Donald Trump is nominated? Because there is a line of thought, which I don't find um, easily rejected, that many Democrats believe that Donald Trump would be the easiest person to a defeat of Republican nominees. Easier than DeSantis, easier easier than Ramaswamy, and uh, and even some others. And they want to ensure that he is nominated. There's also a strand of thought that if he's serving time in prison, he can't run. And they they want to make sure he doesn't run. Which do you buy? You're more in the latter camp? Yeah. It's, so you think they fear him running more than they fear him not running? No. We'll be back in a moment. What eight Prager 776. Natural disasters, airline cancellations, and runway near misses, supply chain issues, inflation, rising interest rates, and sky-high government debt. This is Dennis Prager for AmFed Coin and Bullion. There's a lot in the news about what consumers cannot control, so let's talk about what you can control. You can control how you choose to invest and protect your wealth. That's why I choose to do business with Nick Grovich and his company, AmFed Coin and Bullion. Now is a great time to own tangible assets like gold, silver, and platinum. With over 41 years' experience and tens of thousands of satisfied clients, Nick will help you make informed decisions and show you smart choices, which have been proven winners time and time again. AmFed Coin and Bullion? 
will sell you the right types of precious metals to get the maximum value for your money. Take control of your investments like I did. Call Nick and his team at Amfed Coin and Bullion at 800-221-7694. AmericanFederal.com, AmericanFederal.com. It is uh, impossible to overstate the, the, the evil in the indictment of Donald Trump. I am not a. I am not an only Trumper. But like uh, like all decent Americans, uh, I am appalled by what they say crossing the Rubicon, as is being done here, crossing the Rubicon. Do you understand this? Do you understand the gravity of it? The previous president is now being arrested. Because he was the previous president. Okay? That's the reason. The left is animated by hatred. You don't think they could have indicted a, a prior Democratic president? Think Lyndon Johnson was an honest uh, broker? think that uh, Bill Clinton could not have been indicted not to mention Hillary Clinton who actually did commit a terrible crime and she didn't she didn't was not even an ex-president anyway Hillary Clinton got her punishment she she lost to Donald Trump on the day of that election in 2016, the New York Times said Hillary Clinton had, a, I think it was an 86% chance of winning. Remember that? Yeah. I love that. I should frame it. I should have that laminated and put up in my office. 86% chance. That's what they reported. Yep. It's not a lie if you believe it. Is that from Seinfeld? That's interesting. So I'm I'm reading to you from Andy McCarthy. Andrew McCarthy is the uh, former U.S. prosecutor who really knows the law and is a man of generally of understatement. He's really a stickler for truth, and he is writing the whopping outrage in Trump's indictment. There are the legalistic gymnastics by which Bragg is brazenly trying to defeat statutes of limitations enacted to protect an accused from from defending against stale charges. There is his apparent attempt to transmogrify misdemeanors into felonies. By the way, what he does is transmogrify felonies into misdemeanors when they're violent crimes in New York City. bad human being. How do you become a bad human being? One of the ways to become a bad human being is you do not self-question, is you accept money from bad human beings, is you think of yourself as a victim. There is nothing more guaranteed to produce a bad human being 
than the victim mentality. I got hurt. I can lash out. I am freed from normal moral demands because I am a victim. There is his apparent, okay, I wrote that, by alleging a federal campaign finance violation that he has no jurisdiction to enforce and that the federal prosecutors and regulators who do have jurisdiction declined to prosecute due to lack of evidence. But let's hone in on newly emerging prosecutorial misconduct. If reporting is accurate, and note that the reporting is based on information from Trump lawyers after Bragg's office advised them of the indictment, then the district attorney has charged a whopping 34 counts against Trump. 34 counts. In a case, again, that federal prosecutors decided wasn't worth charging at all. This is a classic abuse of power. Unscrupulous prosecutors will sometimes camouflage with quantity their cases lack of quality. By contrast, if prosecutors do not have evidence of a serious crime, by loading up on an indictment with dozens of charges, they can try to signal to the eventual trial jury that the defendant must be guilty of something. They hope the jurors will assume that even if the evidence doesn't seem strong, the government wouldn't have alleged so many crimes unless the defendant was truly a diabolical criminal. If Bragg is indicting 34 counts over this nonsense, it's because he doesn't have one count he would be indicting if he were doing his job right. That's correct. There is talk that the judge, who would have fit in beautifully among Stalin's judges if he does this, will insist on a gag order on Donald Trump. The thought that a defendant—I will ask Alan Nershowitz this next hour. I don't—I don't, I don't understand gag orders. What right does a judge have to tell anybody to shut up? And. Why can't they use it anytime they want for political ends, as in this case? The, the ex-president of the United States, a defendant in, in a trivial case, is not allowed to speak on his behalf? If that should happen, it hasn't happened yet. But I want to understand the whole gag order thing. It, it, all, all it has done in, in my life is hurt or in my experience of of gag orders, I don't mean personal experience, uh, has been to hurt the innocent. One eight Prager seven seven six. Hello, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Things are so intense in the Sovietization of the United States of America that it's important to take breaks periodically for yourself, for your health to uh, remain cheerful despite the icebergs that are ahead. I do that. It works. So in light of that, I just asked my producer, the world-famous living martyr, who is a baseball 
enthusiast been his whole life. And I, he returned to, well, not that returned, I, I think he, he had his baseball pool. So what, when was it, Sunday? It was a week. Wait, is he, is he on? Okay. It was a week ago. No, no, you're not on. I don't hear you in the mic. Sean, is he on? Yeah, is, is, your, is, your, is the yeah, red button yeah, on? Yeah. Why am I hearing you in my earphones? Is Sean hearing me? No, he's not hearing you. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. No, I'm still not hearing you. Oh. This is uh Okay. No. I'll have to have you on afterwards. Too bad. It is too bad. Huh. It's supposed to work. It's supposed to work. That's hilarious. Sean, you have any idea why it's not working? No, I'm sure. I'm sure. Right. It's a unique problem. It's another unique problem, yes. That's a good. Anyway, the reason that I wanted him on, and we will have him on when we fix this, is, A, I was surprised because I thought his anger at Major League Baseball for going woke and having hate-filled messages from Black Lives Matter, a hate organization, and going woke and being the cowards that permeate the entire uh, country in all of its institutions, including sports, I thought he had just given up on baseball. And I'm very happy that he hasn't for his sanity because he works so hard so anyway we'll uh, we'll hopefully return to that it is an interesting question if I lived in San Jose I'm a hockey fan if I lived in San Jose I could I could no longer go to Sharks games in in light of the uh, the vile tweets that they put out uh, in the last two weeks I will I, I, I'll, I'll talk about that later I, I talked about it at length so I'm going to continue here with uh, the Rubicon that we have crossed here with the utterly politicized indictment. What is important, the only good thing to come out of this is the clarity. The entire liberal world has caved in through cowardice, intimidation, and emotion to the left. The New York Times is not a liberal newspaper. It's a left-wing newspaper. Same with the Washington Post. USA Today it takes its instructions from Pravda. I mean, it's it's not even it's not worth the paper it's printed on. I mean, with the lie on the front page, Trump using anti-Semitic rhetoric to raise money after indictment. Whoa! As a Jew, I find that so vile that uh, words almost elude me. If words truly eluded me, I would not be doing this for a living. Thank God. Generally speaking, words do not elude me. Uh, it, it, it's, you, have to, you have to step back and realize, take a breath, realize that there is no Democrat outside of Joe Manchin that I am aware of that has condemned this indictment. So, of course, the Democrats say, well, we haven't even seen it yet. Okay, fine. Right. Without seeing it, you're not capable of saying this is politically animated? When the Department of Justice refused to, the Department of Justice, under Democrats, refused to, uh, when they refused to prosecute him, was it still, yeah, was it still, was it in the Biden era? 
when the Department of Justice refused to take on the case. I have to check yeah, into yeah, that. I think, I think so. I'll, I'll check into that. It's, it's not an irrelevant fact. It's not irrelevant because I'm committed to truth. Truth is everything. All right, my friends. We will uh, continue here. When running a business, your employees can create all kinds of interesting situations, like getting complaints because someone on the team always smells horrible. You better talk to Bambi. With Bambi, get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 per month. They're available by phone, email, and real-time chat, so onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. And with Bambi's HR Autopilot, you'll automate important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Go to Bambi.com right now and type in Dennis Prager under podcast when you sign up. Spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com, Bambi dot com. Type in Dennis Prager. Hi, everybody. You're listening to the Dennis Prager Show. I hope you had a good weekend. Country is a different country this week than it was last week. The indictment of a an ex-president for essentially no no valid reason, except that they hate him and they hate all those who support him and they are filled with hate and they are third world thugs. That's, the, that's why this has happened. This, you, you cannot overstate the significance of the evil that has just taken place. If you let it slide, it is because you don't want to be bothered. And I, I totally get it, by the way. I get it. The desire to tune out is as powerful among many people, especially on our side. Well, actually, not just our side. Liberals tune out. Liberals. I, I was actually talking to a wonderful young liberal man. No, no. He was not, he's not even a liberal. He's truly a centrist. And I, I said to him, I spoke to him about all the, all the demands that people say men give birth. And he couldn't believe it. He thought, oh, this is just a fringe thing in America. That's what liberals do. He's not a liberal. I, I, don't, want to, I don't want to accuse him of that. But that's what liberals do. They tune out. They don't. That's what Bill Maher did. And he's to his great credit, an outspoken liberal. When I was on his show, now it'll be it'll be four years in this November, three and a half years ago, right before the lockdowns, I never say before COVID. I keep BC as before Christ, not before COVID. Uh, uh, that, that was just a cute line. That's not the reason that I don't say before COVID. I don't say before COVID because the issue wasn't COVID, the issue was lockdowns. 
I was on his show right before that, and I was laughed at by him and by the panel on stage and by the entire audience when I said that the left says men menstruate. Nobody, nobody laughs at the, at that anymore. It's, you should see it. It's it's gone viral. It's on YouTube. When Bill Maher said, "Who says that?" People are unaware of what the left is doing because they want to tune out. So I understand why conservatives want to tune out as well, because there's so much horrible news going on, so many horrible developments. Uh, but it is immoral to tune out. This uh, th- this crossed the line. I'm not sure what other lines there would be to cross. There already are political prisoners in the United States. So uh, it's hard to know what lines have not been crossed by the left in America. They censor, shut down dissent. They scream, curse, and uh, shut down conservative speakers at places like Stanford Law School, supposedly an elite college. Do you know that there are some judges who have said that they will not allow graduates of Stanford and Yale Law School uh, to, uh, what is the word, what, the, what you do with the judge? Not intern. What's the, what's the term? Uh, we'll get that term. Masses, masses, if you know the term. Uh, let's see. Clerk. Clerk. That's it. Clerk. God. You don't think of clerk as a verb. <laughs> That's what got me. That's right. I think uh, I think it's 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 almost a completely legitimate uh, statement. The you know, they should say that they will look askance at it because there are, after all, some decent people at the Stanford and Yale Law School. They're a tiny minority, but they should not be punished. Although, it's an interesting question. That was the ancient debate between God and Abraham over how many good people there needed to be in Sodom and Gomorrah for God not to destroy the cities because of the rampant evil. Rampant evil is what the left is engaged in. It is very important that you know that the New York Times is editorialized on behalf of the indictment. Very important you know that. It is as reliable a functionary of the Democratic Party and the left as Pravda was of the Communist Party and the left in the Soviet Union. It is just as reliable. 20 years ago at least I said there was a civil war in this country. If this is not obvious to you, it is because bad news is something you don't want to handle psychologically. The left and the right have nothing in common. Nothing. Like Florida and California at this moment in time have nothing in common. They might as well be different countries on the opposite sides of the Iron Curtain. Whenever I went for the last few years from California where I live to Florida, where I go very frequently, I feel exactly as I did when I went from Eastern Europe to Western Europe in my many trips down Eastern Europe from north to south or south to north. 
in my 20s when I was a student of communism. My column today, excuse me, that I'm writing today, that I submit today and is published tomorrow, is tentatively titled, Can It Happen Here? And the answer is, it is. This country is becoming like the Soviet Union. When I studied communism at Columbia University, had you told me, you know, you're really studying America's future, I would have thought you were out of your mind. You'd have been a prophet, not out of your mind. One eight Prager seven seven six. I read to you in the first hour. Andy McCarthy, prosecutor, former U.S. prosecutor, New York, about how uh, how dishonest Alvin Bragg's thirty four counts are. Town Hall has a list of all the crimes Alvin Bragg shrugged off to go after Trump. New York Post reported in December that because Manhattan prosecutors supposedly have too much on their plates, instead of trying a case, Bragg's office proposed dropping four felony charges of grand larceny against gang member Charles Lindsay, requiring only that the gangbanger attend five counseling sessions sponsored by the Manhattan Justice Opportunities, an alternative sentencing program that assigns social workers to criminals convicted of both felonies and low-level offenses. Yes. So if you're a gangbanger, you get five counseling sessions. If you are an ex-president who's a Republican, you get indicted. Your misdemeanors become felonies, and the violent criminals' felonies become misdemeanors under Alvin Bragg and the sick left. Lindsay, a member of the Rich Fam Gang, who was also a suspect in the rape of a 15-year-old girl. Well, what's that compared to being Donald Trump? Allegedly pulled off a string of pricey high-end heists, snatching almost $25,000 in expensive loot from boutiques along Madison Avenue. Eh, have social workers meet him. Prosecutors told cops that, quote, the heck of a deal, which didn't even stipulate that Lindsay pay back what he was accused of robbing, was struck because the DA's office was trying to clear up its court calendar while contending with a heavy caseload. Isn't that amazing? They didn't even demand he pay back the money that he stole. This is Bragg. Afforded a second chance from the no-jail bargain, Lindsay was nabbed later after he allegedly punched a 14-year-old boy in the face, stealing the child's cash and iPhone in the gang mugging, and carried a loaded pistol on a playground as he fled police. (laughs) But he's going after Donald Trump. It's not political, according to the New York Times. This is one of those clarifying moments in American life. If you support the indictment, you are not on the side 
of not only of truth, you're not on the side of concern for America. That's really something to be such an ingrate. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with My Pillow is launching the My Pillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free offer with promo code Prager. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listeners square to the buy one, get one free offer. Enter promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 to get your MyPillow 2.0 now. a remarkable moment in American history. When people tell me that Ukraine is a corrupt government, may well be, I'm not sure why that means that we don't support its struggle to exist, given the nature of the Russian attack. We supported the South Korean corrupt government against the vile North, supported by China, communist China in the early 50s. Anyway, my other answer is, we're not corrupt. The left has corrupted every institution in this country that I know of. From the American Medical Association to Boston Children's Hospital to the military, to the Department of Justice, to the DA's offices, etc. Oh, I'm going to have Alan Dershowitz on. So let me take a call. Let's see. Mm. All right, that call dropped off. All right, it was about the marriage issue. Uh, let me summarize some here. Uh, Aaron in San Diego, you were entirely right. JFK shared a mistress with the crime boss and blackmail was possible. You're, that's absolutely correct. But were that not the case, my my argument still stands. I don't want to know about the private sins of public figures. Okay, uh, uh, I want to know about how the public figure hurts or helps my country. Jimmy Carter hurt my country and, to the best of our knowledge, was a completely faithful husband. Okay? Life is messy. Schindler of Schindler's List saved... How many how many Jews did he personally save from death? A thousand? And, and he was a serial adulterer which doesn't defend serial adultery. It just means life is messy, and we should be aware of that. Uh, Okay, so thank you, Aaron. That is entirely accurate. 
and Louisville, Kentucky. Brian Bragg wants Trump indicted to stage a repeat of the January 6th riot. It's an interesting theory. Uh, That is one theory. Another theory is that they want Trump nominated. Another theory is they so hate Trump that that is all that matters. Why the Democrats and the New York Times support this crossing of the Rubicon into the darkest arena possible, the weaponization of the government against former leaders. I mean, it's... It's really something. Uh, I don't know where has it happened in Western democracies before, where you attempt to, where you arrest, not attempt to, you arrest the former prime minister or president. It's happened in in, in third world uh, countries, but has it happened in a first world country? Can you think of an example? There's only one. What, what is the one you can think of? Uh, Netanyahu. Oh, Netanyahu. Isn't that interesting? Where the left is so active in Israel. Yeah. Yeah, and, 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 and right, over gifts. Yeah, he got gifts. Yeah. Th- that's a good example of, uh, it's a very good example. And the what it does to a democracy when you use the legal system to get rid of the opponent you loathe. Because the left hates Netanyahu in Israel and for that matter, Biden hates uh, Netanyahu as much as he hates Trump. Right-wing leaders who win elections in first-world countries are really, really hated. They, they must be squashed. So I, anyway, thank you, uh, Brian in Louisville, for that uh, theory. Appreciate that. Yes. Jim in Pasadena, California. You're lucky. You have a challenge, so you're getting on. Hi. Thank you, Dennis. I'm just wondering if uh, you you still feel the same way about Donald Trump after all uh, this indictment and the uh, uh, two uh, two or three indictments coming up, especially the one uh, to do in uh, Georgia. I think he was the greatest president since Abraham Lincoln. Why would I change my mind? Because you're a sick individual. Oh, that's so stupid. <laughs> oh, God. I give him the, the, the right to differ, and then he answers, as the left does, with no answer. A calumny. I'm a sick individual. Here's a, here's a prayer I would make. May all of America be as sick as me. Maybe a lot of things, sick is not one of them. I haven't fooled people for 40 years. Hmm. But it gives you an idea of the hatred of Donald Trump, that if you support him, you must be sick. If, and I, I, by the way, I didn't, even, I didn't even announce that I'm supporting him. <laughs> I'm merely giving an assessment that he was the best president since Lincoln. I may be totally wrong. But I assess presidents not on the basis of their of anything about them except what they did for the country. The man has zero filter between his brain, emotions, and his mouth, and it it, it was it's a terrible flaw in him. But that's that's not my biggest concern. My biggest concern is the United States of America. We were thriving while he was president. 
We are not thriving now. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, everybody. I have made the case for years that liberalism and leftism have nothing in common with the one possible exception of size of government. But liberal values are not left-wing values. And the tragedy, in my opinion, the tragedy in American life is that liberals do not recognize this. And they fight conservatives rather than leftists. There is or are, I don't know if handful takes a singular or plural verb, there is or are a handful of exceptions among liberals. Alan Dershowitz is perhaps the best known of them. Professor Emeritus, Harvard Law School, and a defender of Donald Trump, whom he didn't even vote for, because he defends the Constitution and the rule of law. I have Alan Dershowitz on the line. Professor Dershowitz, oh, 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 we're getting a lot of feedback here. All right, how are we doing here? S- say something so I'll know I can hear. Hi, hi. Okay, this is not, uh, it's not working now. I feel bad. Folks, we are technically challenged here for reasons that I do not know, and I, I am not proud of it. Uh, so we're going to have to, we'll have to get to him in a moment, and we will because he has very important things to say. He also has a very important book out called Get Trump. In fact, his piece, The Trump Indictment is Weak, Bragg disgraced his offices in the Daily Mail. In all my 60 years of criminal defense litigating and teaching, I have never heard of a case based on such a ridiculous stretching of the law than the reported indictment of Donald Trump. Bragg has disgraced a once proud office to state the obvious. While immoral, it is not illegal to pay hush money. So to turn this relatively benign payment into a state felony, the district attorney must perform a series of legal contortions. First, he must prove that the payments were fraudulently described in business records. Generally, one wouldn't be expected to dutifully document hush money paid to a porn star to remain silent about an adulterous affair, as the whole point of the payoff is to keep it hush-hush. But Bragg wants to make it criminal. In any event, even if the DA convinces a jury that Trump falsified business records, 
The worst case scenario is that this crime is a minor misdemeanor. What are we talking about? Something, a hundred something thousand dollars. But he didn't pay New York City tax on it? What is the New York City income tax? Do you know what the New York City income tax is? What percent? Is it one? Is it three? Is it two? The income tax? Yeah. There's an income tax in New York City. Yeah, it's like uh, 12. No, 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 no. It's, it's not that high. The, the New York There's a New York State. No, I'm saying New York City. Oh, yeah. You mean like 1% or something? There, yeah, 1% or something. Yeah, so, it, it, so, so theoretically, if I understand it correctly, he might not have paid 1% of 130. What, what was the payoff money? 100, how many? 130,000. $130,000. This man should be brought up for prosecu- prosecutorial... Uh, irresponsibility that that's what should happen uh, in in the opinion of I assume Alan Dershowitz whom we'll hopefully uh, have on I was reading to you the crimes that Alvin Bragg has uh, enabled the man is an accessory to murder and rape that's what Alvin Bragg's record is that's a fact that's not an opinion He's on the phone, I think. yes Okay. Serial shoplifter Wilfredo Ocasio likewise received lax treatment from Bragg's staff, which claimed it would have been, quote, a waste of resources for the DA's purportedly overworked office to pursue more than two cases against Ocasio out of 23 separate thefts. Bragg led accused murderer Tracy McCarter, who stabbed her estranged husband James Murray to death, off the hook. Okay, for all these, these were all vile crimes, which he reduced to misdemeanors. And with Trump, it's a misdemeanor made a crime. Key, most important point. All of the Democratic Party officials, the politicians, and all of the mainstream media, who are as dutiful to the Democrats as Pravda was to the Communist Party, are defending Bragg. That must be remembered. All right, everybody, we have things fixed here. As you know, I appreciate courage more than any other single trait in the human species, and it is, of course, the rarest. All liberals should be anti-left. Leftism is the much greater threat to liberalism than conservatism. And... A lifelong liberal and Democrat is Alan Dershowitz, professor emeritus of law at Harvard Law School, and he has spoken out in defense of Donald Trump, whom he didn't even vote for, Mm -hmm. because Alan Dershowitz defends truth and defends justice and defends the Constitution, and in the meantime has lost his friends over this, Mm -hmm. which is worthy of its own uh, dialogue with you. But not now. Let's talk about Alvin Bragg, and your yeah. book just came out, and it. I'm very happy to see it was a. It's a. It's a major bestseller already. Get Trump. Yep. And is up, ladies and gentlemen, at DennisPrager.com. Get Trump is necessary reading. Okay, l- l- let me begin. Uh, there are things that um, 
that I, I, I want to have answers to as a non-lawyer. One is, a, is, is not directly related. It's indirectly related. What, explain to me why a judge can tell an American you cannot speak, a.k.a. gag order. They, they can't do that. But today uh, in Manhattan, uh, if a man's name is Donald Trump, um, judges can get away with anything because no judge wants to be Dershowitz. They don't want to be treated the way I was treated when I defended Donald Trump on the floor of the Senate, losing friends, losing business, losing associates. And so in Manhattan, you're not going to get a fair judge. You're not going to get a fair jury. But I have some breaking news. I, I have a prediction. You see, I don't think this indictment is as weak as people say it is. I think they have found evidence that Michael Cohen actually saw Donald Trump rip the tag off a mattress in 1997 in clear violation of the law. The tag says removing this tag is in violation of the law. I think they have an airtight case against him. Except that it's Michael Cohen. So I'm not as sanguine as you. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) No, look, this is the worst case I have seen in 60 years of practice. I've never seen a case with worse law, worse facts, and worse witnesses. Any first-year law student can win this case if the name isn't Donald Trump and it is in Manhattan, where 86% of the people voted against Donald Trump. And the worst thing is not that he's a former president. The worst thing is he's a potential future president. So what happens is you get Bragg, a Democrat, running on the platform of Get Trump. By the way, the title of my book is not original with me. I got it from Bragg and from the attorney general. Their campaign promise was to get Trump. So you get a Democrat running to get Trump to stop the head of the Democratic Party, Joe Biden, from winning the presidency. If you're going to do that, you better have the strongest case, legally, factually, testimonially. And this is the weakest case imaginable, even if, even if there are stronger things in the indictment. I don't know. We'll know that in a while. I got a message from Donald Trump about an hour ago uh, saying, you know, Alan, I'm on my way up. What a terrible thing. You know, thank you for talking about me. Thank you for making your book a bestseller. It's important for you to speak out. All of that, that's very, very nice. But it's not about Donald Trump. It's about you and me and your Uncle Charlie and your niece and nephew, because if prosecutors are allowed to manufacture cases like this against political opponents, they'll do what Justice Robert Jackson, probably the greatest attorney general in modern history, said. Any prosecutor can rummage through the statute books, thousands of statutes, regulations, and find something to pin on somebody who they're targeting. That's the most un-American thing imaginable. That's what... Lavrenti Beria said to Stalin, show me the man and I'll find you the crime. It's a terrible, terrible violation of the rule of law in America, which is why I'm so energized uh, about this case. And I'm so aggravated that New York City would allow itself to be used in this way. The trial should never be in New York. Uh, He can't get a fair trial in New York. It should move to Staten Island or Rockland County or uh, one of the upstate New York counties, but not Manhattan. There's no judge is going to want to come home to his wife and family and children and say, I'm the guy that freed Donald Trump. No way. Donald Trump has as good a chance at a fair trial in Manhattan yeah. as a black did in the, in the South in, the, in 1900. Yeah. No, I agree with you, and I'll tell you a story from the South. So in 1961-62, 
I was training to go down to the South as a civil rights observer. I didn't have the courage to be a, you know, the marcher on the bridge, but I was going to wear the armband and report back. And, and so the training consisted of the following. Our, our trainer says, do not ever spit on the sidewalk or put your cigarette out. Because if you're a civil rights worker, they will charge you with a felony, destruction of government property, and they will arrest you and put you in jail because they want to target you, a civil rights worker. And that's what Bragg is doing. He's borrowing from the Jim Crow South. They're saying that Trump spat on the sidewalk, put out a cigarette on the sidewalk, paid hush money, which is not illegal. Now, think about what the theory of Bragg is. His theory is what Trump should have done is secretly paid the hush money, $130,000, and then publicly reported on his open corporate form, the reason I paid the secret hush money was to stop my wife, my family, and my business associates from learning that I had an allegedly adulterous affair with a porn store. Has anybody in history ever paid hush money and then put the real reason on their corporate forms? It's never happened in history, and nobody in history has ever been indicted for not doing it. He said it was a legal expense. Well, it was. It was a settlement of a lawsuit. They were going to sue him. Uh, the idea that it's even a misdemeanor is absurd. And then to turn it into a felony, you know, you have to use a federal offense. The feds decided not to prosecute. So now a New York district attorney will decide to do something federally that the state didn't. Then you have the statute. My favorite is the statute of limitations. Seven years old, but they could never indict him for the seven years. Why? Because he was out of the state for some of those years in the White House. So he, you can't indict him if he's out of the state. Well, when do you think they indicted him? Last Thursday. He was out of the state. He was in Florida. They Good. Let me, let me continue with you. Folks, get, get, get Trump. Necessary reading up at DennisPrager.com. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager speaking with Professor Alan Dershowitz, Professor Emeritus of Law, Harvard University. I'm, I'm happy that you can stay over and we'll have another sure. segment with you at the beginning of the next. So I could ask you a trans-Trump questions as well as Trump-related uh, questions. Sure. Sure. You're, you're familiar, I'm sure, with what happened at Stanford Law School uh, two weeks ago? Boy, am I familiar with it. You know, I've been deeply involved in it, and I want to bring charges to the Bar Association involving every single student who disrupted the judge Unlawfully. Now, First Amendment rights, you have the First Amendment right to to boo a judge. What you don't have a right to do is silence the judge. And it's outrageous. You know, I taught at Stanford Law School, and uh, I taught at a time when it was an extremely tolerant place. In fact, I represented somebody who was being fired for First Amendment. And, uh, you know, it was, it was a different place. But to have these students, and by the way, they didn't organize it themselves. This was organized by the National Lawyers Guild. You know what the National Lawyers yeah, Guild is, Yeah, of course. Right? Yep. So it's a hard left. Mm-hmm. For a while, it was a communist yes, front. Yes, quasi-communist. Yeah, and uh, they were the ones who organized it. They now have 100 branches in law schools around the country. And what I want to do is make sure that the name and photograph of every single student who engages in illegal disruption is made available. Because I don't like what the judges are doing. The judges are saying... We won't hire anybody from Stanford. Why? Why not hire somebody from the Federalist Society? Right. I said that earlier in my show. Right. So just don't hire the people who engage in unlawful, unconstitutional suppression of free speech. But, you know, these are these are people proud of their fascism, um, left-wing fascism. If they're so proud of it, 
this is not McCarthyism, because in McCarthyism, people were trying to keep secret the fact that they had been communists in the 1930s when, you know, communism was fighting fascism. And now it was the 1950s and they're embarrassed about it. So exposing their name was a terrible thing. These are kids who want to be known, who, who express the view that no conservative speech should be allowed on campus. Why shouldn't we know their name? Why shouldn't we know the name of the Berkeley students who have prevented Zionists from speaking at 14 clubs at the Berkeley Law School, the dean of the law school can't speak there because he's a Zionist. I can't speak about the Constitution unless I renounce my belief that Israel has the right to exist as the nation-state of the Jewish people. This kind of left-wing censorship has to be fought against. And, uh, yes, I am very aware of Stanford and, and Yale, where I went to law school, and uh, and George Georgetown and other places. All right. We're going to be back with you in a moment. I want to vigorously promote Professor Dershowitz's just published book, Get Trump. It is up at DennisPrager.com. Hello, my friends. I'm continuing with Professor Alan Dershowitz, one of the handful of people who is courageous in any society at any time. Courage is the rarest of the human traits, as I have said thousands of times on this show and elsewhere. He is a lifelong liberal and Democrat, and he is a lover of this country and its virtues its laws in particular, and its constitution, which he defends even when he didn't vote for Donald Trump. He defends Donald Trump. We both believe, I think this is fair to say, Professor Dershowitz, we both believe that a Rubicon has been crossed here with with this indictment of a former president. Yes, I think two Rubicons have been passed. One, a former president... The other, which is even more important, a potential future president. This is an effort to try to influence the election against Donald Trump. It may backfire. We have all kinds of analyses about what effect it's going to have. But the purpose is to try to prevent Donald Trump from becoming president. That's even more dangerous than weaponizing the criminal law against a former president. You asked in the prior segment, has it ever been done before? Well, it came close with Richard Nixon, but Gerald Ford had the good sense to understand that he was going to put his political career on the line by doing the right thing and moving us away from banana republic land. And he took a courageous step by pardoning Nixon, lost him the presidency, but saved America. That's right. It's funny because we were just editing... A, we do a PragerU video on every president, and I was just editing the, the Gerald Ford one, and it became very clear to me what a hero Gerald Ford was exactly for that yeah. reason. Your, your point is well taken about the two Rubicons that are being crossed here. Can you explain to me, uh, there's a theory in, uh, Andy McCarthy had a theory that I read to my uh, listeners earlier in the show, 34 counts, I believe it is, it's because yeah. it, it's it's overkill in order to win something in in, a, in with a jury. Is that your read? Oh yeah. Oh, there's no question. Look, when I was 14 years old, I worked 
in a delicatessen factory underneath in, on Delancey Street, underneath the Williamsburg Bridge. And the owner was a pretty cheap guy, and he would give me a salami, and he'd say, slice it as thin as you can. Let's see if we can get 30, 34 slices out of it. That's what prosecutors do. They take one case, they slice it into 34. They do it in order to let the jury come to a compromise verdict, nah, only 12 or 13, or to try to help them on the statute of limitations. But it means nothing. Essentially, you have to look at the acts that were alleged against Donald Trump, and you have to see whether or not they amount to a crime. Now, never before in history has anybody ever, ever, ever been indicted for not honestly putting on a public corporate form the reason he paid hush money. And it never will happen again. This is a one-off, and it's a one-off against Donald Trump. The whole case is a one-off. And there are only two possible precedents. Both are bad. One, it'll never be done again, selective justice. Or second, that it will become a precedent. And then prosecutors all over the country will be going after their political opponents and weaponizing the criminal justice system even more, which is worse. I leave that to you. Well, I'll tell you, there is a part of me that actually thinks that uh, constitutionally oriented prosecutors ought to go after Democratic office holders. I don't know how you fight a war uh, by remaining uh, only virtuous. Mm-hmm. I, I well, hate I to say this. It's it's very painful for me to say, uh, but I, I, I don't know what else will teach the left that when they play with fire, they can get burned. Well, I think everybody understands that, but I think decent people have to fight back indecency with decency. You know, there comes a time when you may have to roll up your sleeves and say no, they asked for it. I don't think, I hope we're not there yet. Well, we bombed Dresden. Yeah, no, of course, yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, you used Lavrentia Beria, the the henchman to Stalin. It's ironic because I I write a column each week and uh, I I wrote mine for uh, publication tomorrow. They come out Tuesdays and I wrote it and it's exactly my theme I was at the Russian Institute of Columbia, and my theme is, I was. It, it never occurred to me in my wildest imagination that I would be studying what America might become. Uh, it, it just, it never, it literally never dawned on me. And now I realize the Russian Institute and my, my studying, I, I studied under Brzezinski, ironically, yep. uh, that... I am watching the Sovietization of the United States. Do you think that that is over the top? No, I think there are elements of um, of Bolshevism that have been adopted by the hard left in America. Uh, You know, people are surprised that people on the hard left favor censorship. Well, the hard left has always favored censorship. Mm -hmm. The hard left has always been intolerant. It's always been due process for me, but not for me. The National Lawyers Guild doesn't try to hide it. They're not in favor of free speech for conservatives. They're not in favor of due process for conservatives. They use constitutional rights in the legal system only to serve their ideological and political aims. The word political correctness comes from Stalinism. And so, yes, to remember that when the National Lawyers Guild was first established, it was a mixture of communists and liberals. And then when Hitler made his pact with Stalin, suddenly the National Lawyers Guild supported Hitler. And that caused a tremendous breakdown, and all the liberal people 
uh, quit the National Lawyers Guild and left only the communists. And um, because they were just following the party line. And 1948, the National Lawyers Guild supported Israel, of course, because so did the Soviet Union. 1967, suddenly they switched on a dime and they didn't support Israel because the Soviet Union didn't. So we're seeing a little bit of the, you know, Bolshevization of the hard left American legal system. And the National Lawyers Guild is on the forefront of that uh, destruction of the rule of law in America. And that's what happened at Stanford. And that's why many in the National Lawyers Guild are pushing Bragg to do this. Um, Any decent person knows that what Bragg is doing is just wrong, whether you're a Democrat or, or a conservative or a liberal or Republican. It just doesn't meet any principled standards. But, you know, even friends of mine say we're prepared to violate our principles. Trump's like Hitler, um, uh, and we have to do everything to stop him, and the rule of law will survive. We'll, we'll make it better later. But for now, let's not let the rule of law stand in the way of preventing a greater disaster than destruction of the rule of law, namely Trump being the next president. Now, of course, they may be helping Trump become the next president. So I'm just curious, these people who are erstwhile or even perhaps present friends of yours, Trump was president for four years. What dictatorial things did he do? Well, look, he he certainly helped Israel. You know, he certainly helped uh, the Jewish community in America. And whenever I see him, he always says to me, even in Waco, when he made a speech, he says, you know, Alan Dershowitz loves to say he didn't vote for me. I bet he really did, but he doesn't want anybody to know because it'll, it'll affect his friendships. Uh, no, I didn't because, you know, I don't agree with his policies on on gay rights, on gun control, on the environment. And you and I don't agree on a lot of those issues. So, I, you know, I welcome you being a conservative and voting Republican. And I'm a liberal. I'm really more of a civil libertarian, a libertarian. And I, I vote my politics. But uh, Trump did not destroy America. I think he made it a coarser place. I think he used language and rhetoric that did not help bring Americans together. Um, but, you know, he didn't destroy America. I agree with you. Oh, that's the irony. You see, if he had not been president for four years... Okay, so they could live in the fantasy world that that he's Hitler, as you put it. <laughs> but yeah. he, he had yeah, four years to be Hitler, and he didn't yeah. even come out Mussolini. Yeah, no, no, no. He didn't even come out the you know Orban or the people right. from Eastern Europe. <laughs> right. They're trying to they're trying to paint Bibi Netanyahu the same way now. That's right. There's no way in a million years Israel will ever be an authoritarian state. Ever. People have too much chutzpah, too much independence. Israel will always remain a democracy, as will the United States. No leader is ever going to turn these two democratic countries into authoritarian. Well, that I, I, I'm, I'm not as sanguine about America as you are. Uh-huh. I, 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 yeah. That's why I said about the Sovietization. Listen, I want to promote your book because it's so important. Yeah. Get Trump, ladies and gentlemen. It is up at DennisPrager.com. And uh, I always enjoy being with you. Uh, because you're a real fighter, and I and I love that yeah, about you. I always enjoy it when we've had our debates in various yeah, um, parts of the country. Yeah. They've always been great fun, and people have learned a lot from them. And they learn one thing. We can fight, we can argue, That's we can right. have different views, and then yeah. we shake hands and we go, we have a drink after. That's Let's right. return that situation to America. Amen. Thank you, my friend. Alan Dershowitz, Thank the you, book is Get Trump. 
this is a, a, a very serious moment, and it is a, a dividing moment uh, for clarity. Anyone who defends the indictment of a former president on trivial, utterly trivial charges, which any, any DA could make up against any single person listening to this broadcast. Okay, this is something that uh, you, need, uh, you need to realize. Everyone needs to realize. And what is it you need to realize? This is the clarifying line. If anyone or any institution that defends what is being done to an ex-president and potential nominee for president is ruining, is supporting the ruination of this country. I'm sorry to say this because it may be a relative, it may be a spouse, it may be a very close friend. My, my friends, I, uh, I feel terrible uh, for you if this is the case. I have not said this about any given subject before. I do feel it about uh, those who, who support mastectomies, the removal of healthy girls' breasts. That's true. But that's, uh, and that's another issue. But this one is, this is a dividing line. This alone should render the New York Times and the Washington Post contemptible. They support this. It's never been done in American history. Believe me, it could have been done against Democrats who would run for office. As Alan Dershowitz just said, there are two Rubicons being crossed here. In other words, fateful moments in a society's history. One is that it was is being done to an ex-president. The other is that it is being done to perhaps prevent this person from becoming president. If you have entered the, the belief that Donald Trump is a fascist, as I would say most Democrats believe, even though there was not a single hint of it while he was president of the United States. He had four years to to suppress freedom in America. It's the Democrats and Biden who suppress freedom in America. It's the big tech lefties who suppress freedom in America. It's the big, big lefty universities that suppress freedom, not Trump and the Republicans. So this uh, this is a really a really powerful moment in American history. That's what we are living through right now. Most people do not see what is happening at their time as as important as history sees it. I am asking you to see how important this is now. I was reading through you cases that uh, Bragg has been involved with letting murderers and rapists out, but then prosecuting Donald Trump. Last summer, a man accused of raping his teenage relative secured a sweetheart deal. 30-day jail sentence plus probation from Bragg's office in August 2022. After agreeing to plead down to a coercion charge in the teen rape case, Justin Washington then allegedly went on a sex crime rampage and sexually terrorized five victims just a month later. Every one of those victims is due to this despicable, vile, 
human being known as Alvin Bragg. The piece of crap that that worked in the uh, justice system of the Soviet Union. This guy would fit in perfectly in Stalin's Soviet Union. Perfectly. He would have been he would have been a henchman for Stalin. As by the way, many left wing judges in the United States would have been judges for Stalin. It's sobering and depressing, but don't get depressed. It's depressing, just don't get depressed. Okay, that's very important. After agreeing, yes, yeah, so what, he went on a uh, yeah, terrorized, sexually terrorized five victims a month later. Washington was first hit with first-degree rape and first-degree sexual abuse, but Bragg's prosecutors downgraded the charges after determining there wasn't enough evidence. Under the sweet plea agreement, Washington wouldn't have had to register as a sex offender. That same year, Bragg's office cut a plum deal that was considered a slap on the wrist arrangement with longtime offender Marcus Wright, who was first charged with grand larceny, a felony, for stealing from a Soho boutique, but was allowed to plead down to misdemeanor petty larceny and walk away without any jail time. But Trump, that's different, because it's politically motivated and supported by the New York Times. It's critical you understand that. The New York Times is our Pravda. Upon being let go, the freed thug allegedly punched an innocent woman with a ran- in a random attack. Again, Wright was released without bail, thanks to the state's liberal bail reform measures. This year, the embattled anti-Trump DA courted controversy once more by offering a lenient six-month prison stay plea deal to Wasim Awawde, one of four suspected assailants arrested for a brutal 2021 anti-Semitic attack on Joseph Borgen, a Jewish man who was wearing a yarmulke en route to a pro-Israel demonstration. As captured on camera, the gang of Arab-American men pepper-sprayed, punched, and kicked Borgen with Awawde, who reportedly declared he'd do it again, and called the man a dirty Jew mid-attack, allegedly striking the victim the victim multiple times with a crutch. Borgen was left hospitalized from the beating. Since taking office in January 2021, Bragg's track record shows he had downgraded more than half of his felony cases to misdemeanors compared to 39% in all of 2019. The analysis found based on data made publicly available by the Manhattan DA's office. 1-8 Prager 776. Hello everybody, Dennis Prager with you. I'm talking about the sea change in American life as a result of this charge. An attempt to influence the next election and to arrest a prior president never happened in American history and it's over trivia. Everyone listening could be indicted if a DA went after you. How many uh, people in business uh, have uh, taken a, a business lunch 
as a tax deduction when not everybody at the table was not talking business. Hmm? There you go. Just that alone. You can be indicted. We have... uh, We have really reached a very, very critical moment in American history, but it is at least it's clarifying. You should all know the New York Times has editorialized on behalf of Bragg. I don't know if they've condemned him once for letting rapists out, but they have defended him on this. That's what you need to know about the Washington Post, Los Angeles Times, New York Times, St. Louis Post-Dispatch, San Francisco Chronicle, etc. This, this is a very clarifying moment. It's also clarifying about some beloved relative, perhaps, in your life, and I'm sorry about that. I thank God every day I don't have that issue with my wife or children. My extended family are all liberals. Very few are leftists. But their uh, their hatred of Donald Trump is profound. I don't get it. Man shoots his mouth off much too much. I fully agree with that. Okay, I'll live with it. I'll even acknowledge it. But the the amount of hatred against him, I heard the term Trump derangement syndrome, and for years I thought, as over the top, there's no such thing as Trump derangement syndrome. I do believe there is. I think that otherwise sober people have lost their minds on Trump. And because I haven't lost my mind, I can't, I can't wrap my mind around those who have lost it. I don't know why he is so irrationally hated. He was president for four years. Not a single thing that they say he is dangerous with regard to materialized. He, if, he was, if he's a threat to democracy... Why did the democracy not fail or even get injured or even get wounded or or even get a splinter in the four years he was president? That's truly derangement syndrome. Everything that is predicted with regard to the man did not come to fruition while he was president. We have a video up at, at uh, PragerU, PragerU.com. We have a video up. Steve Cortez gives it. It's a superb video on the lie that he called Nazis fine people. The lying about Trump was much greater than, than the alleged Trump lies. Joe Biden is a consummate liar in my opinion. I'm not deranged in my hatred of him. It doesn't preoccupy me because, if, if, first of all, if he weren't president, Kamala Harris would be. She's identical morally, intellectually, and politically. And if she weren't, then Nancy Pelosi would be. 
or Adam Schiff would be, or or Gavin Newsom. What 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 the hell's the difference? I'm not focused on Biden. That I happen to think he's a vile human being. I happen to think he's a vile vile human being, the worst human being to to character wise to hold office in my lifetime, maybe ever. But but I'm not preoccupied with him. I'm preoccupied with the left. So I don't have anything analogous to Trump derangement syndrome with the Biden derangement syndrome. We return. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of Pragertopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at Pragertopia.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com. <laughs> 